Hello and welcome to the Over the Top Podcast. Yes, we're on summer break from Premier League action, but the boys are back because we got to talk about our own over the top end of the season wards and get into a little bit of transfer news, which I know everyone loves to occupy their free time with this time of year. I'm Kyle. Justin's here. How you doing, man? I am good. I just saw something interesting today and I want to get your take on it. Raw, I did not prep you for this. Just out of the box, initial reaction. Are you ready? Yep. It's, a, it's the off season. We have time for this stuff. So you, you are a dog owner, the proud owner of one Poncho Villa, correct? That's correct. Poncho the Corgi. So you take your dog on a, on a walk and Poncho has to do the business, right? Do you find it totally acceptable or not acceptable to pick up Poncho's uh, stuff as a responsible dog owner and then throw it in someone else's trash can? Oh, I, I have strong opinions about this. Oh, trash cans are there for to be trash cans. I mean, Ooh. you know, I mean, it's not like it's not even your own personal property. It's the city's property. If you want to boil it down to that sort of jurisdictional level. But like, come on, man, trash cans are trash cans. They're communal. That's my take on it, at least. OK, OK, we're coming out spicy already. I like it. Why did you have someone throw some in your trash and you didn't take a liking to it? No, no, no. I, as you know, we don't have dogs, but uh, it was more of a witnessing activity rather mm-hmm. than actually mm-hmm. partaking. Uh, it, it's tough. I've heard that argument, the one you've made before, but I've also heard, you know, the, the individual consumer has to pay for that, you know, that trash. And so that, and the size of the trash can and all of that and stores it on their property. And so mm-hmm. if someone, especially, I think the worst case scenario would be like right after the trash were to be picked up and mm-hmm. you throw the poop in there, then it's like sitting in there fermenting for a week. As does all of your food. Mm-hmm. If you don't toss it in a, in a compost bin, I mean, and plus like, unless you're like dumping heavy stuff into a trash can like it's not going to affect your how much you're paying like if it's dog poop come on it would have to be like some massive dog poop and we're talking like what you're saying in my eyes is like penny pinching but again maybe i'm like i don't know i see things more communally anyway but i get it yeah it's you know i don't have a side this is why i'm so curious because i don't really deal with this because i don't have a dog so you know it's funny because whenever i do it i always like assume at some point I'm going to run into someone who gets really pissed off that I tossed little poncho who weighs 30 pounds his his poop into the trash can you know it's not like he's taking massive dumps or anything but anyway yeah. anyway thank you for indulging me I, I think our <laughs> listeners will get a kick out of that and you know we're not segueing into you know, any crappy teams or, you know, Manchester United, that would be a, a perfect segue, but we're we not missed, doing that. We we're missed mi- the opportunity, missing the opportunity to call United dog shit. No, I think I'm really excited, Kyle, to get into the t- our teams of the season here. I think they'll differ a little bit from the PFA's released team of the season. I, I don't, I don't think we're leaving Sun out of uh, both of ours. I'll just say that. Uh, don't even get me started, man. Uh, and then, uh, you know, getting into some transfers later in the episode, we, you know, it's the spicy part of the season. We'll talk about some of the incomings and what we like and don't like, and then get into the rumor mill. Some strange things on the rumor mill right now. So get to clear yeah. that up. And I think what we discussed offline before this is like some of the more sane things in the rumor mill that, that we're talking about. I mean, like 
Shaday, for example, you're telling me you saw Zhao Felix to Tottenham. Come on. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Come on. That's not, that's not going to happen. Stir the pot. We're, we're not going to be going to that level. I think most of these are uh, pretty well sourced, I'd say. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The Fabrizio Romano stamp of approval for a lot of these two. So, he's pretty godlike in the transfer news arena these days. But I think there's nowhere else to start just to put a last bow on the season and t- touch on our teams of the season and then some over-the-top EPL awards. So, you wouldn't tell me your EPL this season. You're keeping it nice and close to the vest. So I guess I'll go first here since it's not a surprise anyway. Yeah, I almost feel like real quick, I almost feel like it'd be more since we're in an audio platform, it'd be easier to like list the whole team at once and then like get into something afterwards. I don't know if that makes more sense. Yeah, sure. I know if like you explain, if we explain like every single position, people would be like, what is the formation? Anyway, that's all right. So I'm going to preface my whole team of the season and that i am playing a false nine i love it false nine so balls on this man so we have allison in goal we've got Zhao cancelo at left back from manchester city virgil van dyke at center back not convinced you could convince me otherwise tiago silva as the other center back and trent alexander arnold in right back making up the defense in holding center mid, we have two. We have Rodri from Manchester City and Declan Rice from West Ham. And then we have three across the attacking midfield. We've got Bernardo Silva. We've got De- Kevin De Bruyne. And we've got Son from Tottenham. And we've got Mohamed Salah. And you could interchange Kevin De Bruyne and Salah leading the lines at forward. Kyle. You like you called my uh, team a little ballsy. What do you think of that? What do you think of that starting eleven? I just love that you went with the false nine for your team of the season. Honestly, that's that's ballsy. I mean, if you think about it, none of the true strikers really had great seasons anyway. I mean, maybe because I'm still not considering Ronaldo like a true striker, but I mean, he pretty much is now. Let's be honest. But mm-hmm. I love it. There, look, there isn't that much I can argue against on that team. Um, I think I have a handful of small differences, but yeah, tell me what's going on with Van Dyke and Thiago Silva for starters. Yeah, see, the center back, I in my mind, was the toughest place to yeah, pick. Mm-hmm. I think there are a few names in there. So Thiago Silva, I'll start with first, because I think this was a little easier for me. He, if you look at advanced stats and attacking and leading, starting attacking sequences, he by far led the premier league in starting off attacking sequences with great or highly rated through balls. And so if you think of a guy who's coming in he's played at the highest levels and the highest, you know, rated teams in Italy played on that PSG team for a while in France and then coming over and well, how old is he like 36 or 37? He's got to be up there Yeah, coming mm-hmm. over to Chelsea and bossing it and playing almost as, you know, the third most games that any Chelsea player played outside of Rudiger and Edward Mendy to do that at his age and to be leading the line, like the way that he did, I think is super impressive and deserved the spot in my center back mm-hmm. uh, uh, duo. As far as Virgil van Dyke, I think this is more of a case of him being the best player when he was out there versus, I think this is the argument, probably the same argument we use uh, we as a collective society used to give Kevin De Bruyne the player of the season. 
maybe uh, he's the best defender in the league. And, you know, when he's at his best, I think he's unstoppable, but I think that was why more than anything, he was included in my team this season versus his complete body of work. Mm-hmm. And it was tough. I, I rated that a little higher in my arbitrary mind over some of the concrete facts that some of the other center backs put out there this season. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say any of these picks are like clearly a popularity contest kind of thing, kind of like how I personally felt about Ronaldo being named as the starting striker. I mean, let's not get it twisted. Ronaldo was by far United's best player. He carried them, but to put him over some other players is kind of crazy. Or even Harry Kane, probably, if you're going to put a striker out there. Those first few months cost him. But, I mean, like, I hear you on the center back argument because, I mean, maybe this is a good segue into mine. Um, because my center backs come from the same team, but neither of your center backs make my team yeah, personally, yeah. but it's like, it's, it's really tough. Um, and arguments can definitely be had. I don't think there's any straightforward answer, but, uh, yeah, starting goal for me, I guess real quick, I should say, I am in a, it seems most common to play at the four, three, three these days. And usually I want to put in more attackers, but because none of the strikers are that great, I'm going to stick with the four, three, three. Um, yeah, and goal. I also had Alisson just barely nicking it over. Uh, uh, I mean, I thought about uh, Jose Saw, Ramsdale. I thought about Ederson, but I went with Alisson. Also did Trent at right back. Also went with Cancelo left back. So nothing too out of the ordinary there. My center backs, though. Uh, I guess I'll start with Rudiger. Uh, look, Thiago Silva had a great season. I think he's just pure class, but... When I think about Chelsea's center backs this season, Rudiger is the one who stood out, um, both defensively and going forward. He he scored some bangers this season. He did. He did score some bangers this season, but of course it doesn't matter as a center back. But he like truly stepped into a leadership role, which is really impressive to me. And I think he's going to be a huge. Well, we'll get into it uh, later in the episode. I didn't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, center back. This was tough because this whole time I've been thinking Van Dyke, but. I think Joel Matip had a better season. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I thought Joel Matip was super solid. He was good going forward, um, good with the ball, was calm and collected, scored some goals, and was just really solid defensively. I mean, obviously, Van Dyke was too. So that's my back four. Uh, I went with one holding center mid and then two pushed a little bit higher. Uh, my holding center mid was also Rodri. Did not go with Declan Rice, although he had a great season. My other center mids pushed further forward are Tiago, even though he's tends to be a little deeper. I'd like, I'd push him higher mm-hmm. and KDB De Bruyne is not my false nine, but he's definitely got to be in there. If I were going to pick any player out of the Premier League for my team, KDB is the first one I'd go with front three also didn't go with the true striker, but up top, I'm going to go Mane because Mane played striker for most of the season. Um, and I think, Personally, I think he had a slightly better season than Ronaldo. Definitely debatable, though. Definitely debatable. And then out wide, I mean, to me, it was easy. Salah out right, Son out left. And again, those front three can be really interchangeable as well. So these are some modern tactics we're employing for yeah. our teams here, you know? Yeah, see, if I if I was playing FIFA or who I like better, Tiago, Tiago would be a shoe-in for my starting eleven. I mean, this guy just oozes class. So I love that he made one of yeah. our teams because probably deserves it. But to your point, though, Declan Rice had such a great season and he's added 
attacking elements to his game. Like he really drives the ball forward on the dribble. Now his passing has improved. He scored some goals as well. I mean, I'm really impressed with him. Is he a 150 million pound player? No, like West Ham thinks, but <laughs> Declan Rice, no, great, great English talent. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. I mean, when you think about center mids and, you know, whether they're holding up the ball or creating amazing passes, like, you know, De Bruyne or Tiago do, or just carrying the ball forward, Declan Rice carried the ball yeah. forward in every match far more than ever any other player this season in the Premier League. You had Bernardo Silva was second, Kovacic was third, and then distant fourth and fifth were Kiernan Dewsbury Hall of Leicester City and Tiago of Liverpool. So you don't even realize that like Declan Rice would uh-huh. even have that impact. You think of him as more of that CDM role, but he was really bringing the ball up forward. It's true. It's true. And on top of that, you mentioned Bernardo Silva. I'm also so glad that he was mentioned in one of our teams. He barely missed out for me this season. If only he kept that early season form up, mm. you know, he could be in the shout for player of the season because he was unreal. And I mean, he was great all season long, but to fight his way back into Pep's team after signing Grealish, that was like a stamp of like, no, I'm the man kind of thing. So I love watching him play. He's so shifty. Yeah, Grealish, 100 million spent on that guy. It doesn't sniff the starting 11 for either of our teams. So we'll see what happens, though. Change, turnover, and changing tides for some of these teams as we get into transfers in our next section. But this upcoming section that we have now, it's time. Over the top awards. Let's get it, baby. So we're going to go through a few different ones here. We have to start with MVP of the season, your most valuable player, Kyle, this whole season. If you have to pick someone from your starting 11, who are you picking? Yeah. You know, I know we talked offline before about having like a collective MVP, but please step in. If you disagree, I feel like we have the same MVP this season, but I could be wrong, but this is a tough one. I don't think any one player had an outstanding season head and shoulders above everyone else but I would still go Kevin De Bruyne um most of the season I would have said Sala to be honest with you but I really thought his form dropped off like the last 15 matches of the season and De Bruyne even though he wasn't as influential in the first half as the second half he was still putting in good performances and was still providing those like picture perfect passes and you know he's the leader of the team that won the season and had got one of the most points scored uh, accumulated out of any season. So I still go to Bruyne. Maybe I'm a little biased because he's my, he, I think he's the best player in the Premier League, but do you argue any arguments against that? I have no arguments. I mean, it's tough. It's really hard not to give it to either the golden boot winners, but this guy, he just makes things happen. Mm-hmm. And not only the numbers and what he does with assists and goals and, you know, how he just, his presence on the ball, but some of the intangibles that don't show up on the stat sheet and just the eye test and just like the weight of the balls and the crosses that don't end up going or doing anything, but just the amount of quality chances he provides Manchester city is just unreal. It is unreal. I mean, for example, just one real quick example, that last game of the season, that epic final day against Villa, everyone will remember Gundogan two goals, right? Do people remember that third goal? What De Bruyne did for that play? Like he just completely waltzed through the 18 yard box in between like three, four players and put it on a plate for Gundogan back post just perfectly. So 
Sounds like De Bruyne for both of us. Um, yep. We're, we're going to switch it up a little bit from here on out. We've got, I think, six more awards. I'll take one, then you take one, um, just so we're not arguing. So signing of the season. Mm. This was another tough one. And I'm going to preface this with saying maybe this is some recency bias. Maybe I'm not thinking about who is purchased in the summer. But to me, Luis Diaz, I mean, to make that kind of impact for Liverpool, coming in from Porto for, what, 50 million pounds, to make that kind of impact on a team with that front three, hell, even front four, really, and to break into that team so quickly and to make such an impact and to look like so much fun and just like a dynamite player who fits perfectly for Liverpool. I mean, this guy has brought a different kind of like sauce and like electricity of the Premier League. And I think any neutral can can be loving Luis Diaz of Liverpool. So to me, it was an easy one. He's going to have a big role next season. Yes, he is. Let's go over to manager of the season now. And this is a tough one for me. I mean, I don't think there was a clear head and shoulders manager of the season. Just obvious choice because obviously Pep won the title. You could say City bottled every other competition they were in, but they won the title. You have Jurgen Klopp, who consistently performs with the Liverpool teams and creates one of the best Premier League teams we've ever seen, even though they only have one title. And you have other te- other managers that elevate teams uh, to places they maybe they shouldn't be, like Thomas Frank or Frank Lampard. No, just kidding. But oh. it ha- for me, it has to be Eddie Howe of Newcastle. I mean, this team was done and dusted when he showed up. No life, no energy. Did they even and- have a win? Maybe one? One win at the most. Yeah, they. I mean, they had like 10 points, right? something like that. And he shows up and they finish not even in the bottom seven. I mean, he just propels them where they were safe by like over five games to go, essentially. Yeah. I mean, they went on a crazy run of form and correct me if I'm wrong, but since the transfer window, I think they were like a top six side in the premier league on points wise. I'm almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. Since the, since the January transfer window to the end of the season, I think they were top six. No, you're right. Uh, if uh, I think only, yeah, okay, I know this for a fact. Liverpool, City, and Spurs were the only teams that scored more points. And Newcastle would have had the third most points in the second half season if Spurs didn't go on that crazy run at the end of the season. Because I'm thinking until like April. Right. Uh, Newcastle yeah, so they were the fourth. Yeah. 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 So there you go. They're top four. So for what he did and the quality, because they didn't buy that many players in January, they had some signings for sure, but nothing outstanding i would say that made you know that were game in game out game changers for that team so for me it has to be eddie Howe. i actually am in total agreement with you on this one um all the names you mentioned i was also considering but people might say because he made all these signings but might i remind you that trippier played like three games Mm -hmm. uh and Bruno uh, Gimaraes didn't yeah. play. He didn't really start or play for the first like 10 games. He only really played the last 12 or 10 games. So. He, start, he really started like end of March, right. early April through the rest. Like he was a consistent starter. Yeah, e- exactly. So he was pretty much working with like Bruno off the bench and then like target at left back and Chris mm-hmm. Wood as striker. And those were, that was what he improved this team to be. And I think Newcastle were dead last 
either zero wins or one win by January 1st. And I think only like a very small handful of teams have ever survived the Premier League at when they've been uh, in last place on Christmas on New Year's Day. And to go from not only surviving, but to what was it, 11th or 12th place, that's mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. So um, Eddie Howe, also easy one for me. Um, most improved player. This was an interesting one. To me, it was actually a very easy thing to think of. And I'm kind of glad that I'm the one talking about this because Justin won't want to hear this. But to me, there's nowhere else you can look other than Lord Joe Linton. Joe Linton, baby. Oh, man. Justin is uh, Joe Linton's number one fan. Honestly, 40 million pounds as a striker uh, a couple of years ago looked like one of the worst pieces of business any of us have ever seen in its entirety. There's a highlight of him from, I think, last year where he shot it as he was leaning forward and it hit his face. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's, I've seen it. You'll, yeah, I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. But for Eddie Howe to move Joe Linton, bought as a striker, might I remind you? For 40 million, by the way. 40 million striker to move him into a midfield three, kind of like as one of the two further forward midfielders, he'd kind of mostly play to the left-ish. Suddenly he's a serviceable player. He's big, he's physical, he's technical for center mid, has drive, and can pick a pass. What? Joe Linton? Wow. I never thought I'd ever see that coming. Um, and the fact that he's even serviceable probably gives him most improved player, but not only that, he went beyond that. And I thought he was actually quite good, honestly, the second half of the season. So we got to eat our crow when possible. Yeah. Like you just said, I think even if he was just average or serviceable or pedestrian, even he would have won this award. So the fact that he was above average just meant he won with flying colors. All right. Let's get into a fun one. Most disappointing player. And I think you could throw quite a few names in here. Paul Pogba comes immediately to mind. Yep. But for me, when all the hype and, you know, different pundits were changing their (laughs) uh, Premier League predictions based on the signing, but for me, it has to be Romelu Lukaku bought from Inter for a hundred million pounds, making a boatload of money gets in this weird managerial player relationship with Thomas Tuchel can't consistently start over Kai Havertz. Who's not a natural number nine. And now his future at the team is to say a big understatement, very cloudy. That has to be one of the biggest appointments, disappointments in premier league history. I think a hundred million pounds given the money that's involved. Yeah. Has to be one of the biggest disappointments. That's crazy. And you're totally right about Lukaku being the reason why, essentially why many pundits, I don't know if either of us did. I actually, I had to look at who I put as number one for last season and I did predict city. Right. No, Um, I'm saying many. Yeah. Well, I was competitors. I actually, for a second, I was like, shit, I did pick Chelsea, Um, (laughs) but I think, I think it was pretty widely. uh, This was not a rare sort of prediction, but What's most disappointing for me, and take it, I'm a Spurs fan and I hate Chelsea, but the manner that all went down, like that does not sit right with me. I mean, this is a guy who was an 18-year-old at Chelsea. He'd played there before. Drogba's his idol. He loves Chelsea, so he says. And then within like three months, he gives that Italian interview and says he wants to go back to Inter and it's just not working at Chelsea. And then it all just completely nosedives from there. 
And I mean, we'll talk more about Lukaku later, later in the show. Cause there have been some interesting developments, but I, he, dude, he's got to go down as one of the, I, I mean, I can think of mm-hmm. in Premier League history. I mean, yeah. seriously, it's that bad. I mean, the other, the most recent name that comes to mind is Alexis Sanchez on uh, Manchester United, who funnily enough That's, will be involved uh-huh. in the Lukaku story. Maybe for me that actually, I think Sanchez is probably the biggest Premier League flop ever, but I don't know. There are definitely some contenders there. I don't know. Chevchenko to Chelsea didn't work. Torres to Chelsea didn't work. The number nine spot at Chelsea just seems it's to be cursed. Kind of, it's Morata. Yeah. Higuain. Oh, I forgot. Falcao. Don't, yeah. The only one who really met the, did the business when he was an old man was Samuel Eto, pretty much. Uh, Diego Costa, probably. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like big name coming in. I guess Diego Costa was a big name too at the time. Yeah. Interesting. All right, over to you. Uh, oh, that's right. Sorry, I got so wrapped up in Lukaku. I forgot it was my turn. Biggest surprise of the season. Honestly, this is really tough. I wrote down many possibilities. I think it'd be kind of a lazy pick to say Manchester United, how disappointing they were. So I'll spare everyone for that because we've talked about that at nauseum. Um, this isn't my answer, but I'm still shocked that Antonio Conte is Tottenham Hotspur manager. <laughs> I'm really tempted, but I'm going to take my Spurs hat off. For me, the biggest surprise of the season, and this could go next to the biggest disappointment of the season, is just how dookie Everton were. I mean, Everton hiring Rafa Benitez at the beginning of the season, a manager who is uh, part of Liverpool's history. They're hated crosstown rival. I don't know how hated it is, but definitely heated crosstown rival for sure. For him to manage Everton and for Everton fans to not accept him from the beginning was such a bad omen at the start of the season. And just how quickly it all fell apart was surprising to me. And for them to be in the relegation picture with like three games left to go, I didn't think I'd ever see this. It would have been the biggest relegation, biggest team relegated that has ever happened. Definitely in our lifetime, probably ever. And I say that really because it was kind of coming for leads and other teams like that when it happened, but this literally came out of nowhere. And with how much money they spent recently, oh, man, what we were what condemning that because Everton actually started well this season very early on. And we're like, I don't understand. We were like, we don't understand this Rafa Benitez hate, but you know, then yeah. they were asked for three months more. But I mean, it also like got into like fights over the boardroom who is choosing players. Rafa mm-hmm. wanted more power. They got rid of their director of football and then sacked. Rafa like two weeks later. It's just that was weird. What a what a mess, man. Oh well, last one. We'll wrap it up with goal of the season. And I'm certain that we agree on this one. And I watched a bunch of goals from the season. There's some nice honorable mentions that we could get to. But for me, it has to be Mo Salah versus City. I mean, oh yeah tore apart half their team scored in the far net. I mean, that was just a thing of beauty. It was a messy esque, if you will. Oh yeah. Yes, it was. I think he went through like four or five people. I forget who he sat down. Maybe it was Cancelo, but he did that. Like, yeah. The like sole of his left foot roll and then quickly cut over to his right. 
cut up someone else and put him on the ground one more time before shifting it to his right foot, his weaker foot and ripping it far post. Just man. And he did something similar to Watford like a week later. It just wasn't as yeah. good, but city was just ugh, unbelievable. I couldn't agree more. Sala. I, I remember as soon as that goal went, as soon as we did the pod for that, that week, I think you and I were like, all right, that's going to be the goal of the season. I would be shocked if that's not the goal of the season. Right. So it happened. Yep, we had to make it happen. Those are the official over-the-top EPL awards for this season. That goal, that's going to be a tough one to beat even next season. I don't know. That was a... We're going to have to see like a 50-yard screamer. We have seen some ridiculous ones in recent season. You know, I think of that Giroud scorpion kick. Oh, Oh my my God. God. (laughs) That was, I mean, a little... But that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, that... 10 years ago, Poppy Cisse. I know you said that's your that, favorite ever Premier League goal. That might be my favorite ever, just for yeah. the amount of ridiculousness that goal. Had. The Rooney bike. Oh, that one's know. iconic, you know. Yeah. Take your pick of Van Persie as it drops over his head. First time left foot. He's done that like multiple times. You know the how con- hard that the, is? The Eric Contina like chip where he stands out, puffs his chest out like he's God. Oh, man. Yeah. We see some, we see some screamers. Yeah. So. And then James Ward Prowse will have a good, you know, put him down for three free kicks a year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's get to some transfer updates. Uh, I'll just turn it over to you to start our, our team based updates. Yeah. So before, I mean, the way we're going to do this is I felt, you know, we, we felt like there were a couple, like maybe two or three teams to talk about where like, I think it's significant for how they're going to do business and I'll explain why um, I mean, we'll both talk about, it, I'm sure then we'll get into confirmed ins and outs. And then, I mean, we got to get into the rumors. Like oh, the yeah. rumors are always spicy. And I think honestly, most of our rumors are pretty reliable, but yeah, team-based updates. I mean, I guess what I really wanted to talk about is Chelsea. I don't know about you, Justin, but Chelsea is the big question mark going into the season i mean maybe you could argue newcastle as well it's been weirdly quiet so far but chelsea the takeover from todd bowley who is part of the ownership group of the uh the dodgers mm-hmm. one of the most the most well-funded baseball team in mlb i'm no baseball guy but i do know enough about the dodgers my family are dodgers fans uh <laughs> that they're the money bags team they're what the Yankees used to be. So that's interesting because I think Chelsea, yes, Roman Abramovich was a Russian oligarch, the definition of it. And that's obviously pretty dicey, but as far as Chelsea fans go, I don't think any Chelsea fans disliked Roman Abramovich because this man was so um, willing to put his money in a bottomless pit for Chelsea Oh my and God. They, yeah. Chelsea operated at a loss his entire time. He's willing to put, I was going to say his personal money into Chelsea, but you know, anything about Russian oligarchs, it's not necessarily his money. Just saying um, it's the Russian people's money, a different conversation for a different day, but no more Abramovich, no more director of football, Marina Granovskaya, who was a great director of football. She was honestly, she's one of the best at, cranking out uh, transfer dealings and Chelsea's transfer policy in recent years has been ruthless, but awesome, honestly. 
So that structure is no longer there. And Todd Bowley, the main sort of figurehead of the new ownership right now is the one who's owning the team and is also in charge of transfers. That's a big question mark for me for who do they look for? What's their policy? Does he know football? These are all big questions that I have. And I don't know how, how, where are you on this Chelsea ordeal? Yeah. I mean, you would think he's going to hire, you would, you would think he's going to hire somebody. I mean, he doesn't make the baseball decisions for the Dodgers, for example. Right. Right. And so, you know, he, he probably likes the game, but like, does he know the ins and outs of the premier league or know every player in depth and knows that like connected to the top scouts and agents in European football? I mean, I highly doubt it yet. Mm-hmm. So he's going to want somebody. And if he is in charge of, you know, transfer dealings and rumors, it's probably not what Tuchel wants or is best for this team. And you could hear a bunch of star names linked with Chelsea, but maybe not what they need. Right. Exactly. Which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more, but mm-hmm. um, oh, there's something else I was going to say about Chelsea. Oh yeah. I wonder if yes, the Dodgers are totally bankrolled with money. But I wonder if Todd Bowley is going to walk in, open up the 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 money books. You love my technical terminology. Yes. Open up the books and will be like, what the fuck? We've been operating at a loss for 20 something years. Does he try to change that? I don't know. I have a lot of questions. Beyond that, though, Manchester United, this can be really quick. New director of football. I don't know anything about him. And it's not Ed Woodward. It's not Ed Woodward who had a terrible track record, but... Uh, Tom Arnold, I think is his name. Uh, maybe not Tom Arnold, but something Arnold. Uh, he recently had a meeting with United um, with United fan groups and kind of went on a tirade about we're not going to be ah, yes. leased for money anymore, something along those lines. And I thought that was hilarious because United will continue to be fleeced by money because they paid $80 million for Slabhead. But it's interesting that he picked up on that already. So... I don't yeah, where where was that? T- wasn't that like a recording talking to fans in a pub or something? Which I I, rem- I admire that. That's cool. You know, I mean, he had to know he was being recorded. I mean, you can't. I mean, you're in public. You can't. You know, assume anything's confidential. I think the other interesting but predictable thing about United was it was always said that Ralph Ragnick is going to stay around after his oh. temporary <laughs> management stint, and so predictable that when things didn't go well or the players didn't want to play for an interim manager, which was always you know probably not the best idea, he wasn't going to stick around, and so he bolted. He's going to be the manager of Austria. I think he is the manager of Austria, yep. and he is no longer involved with United dealings. It's just so weird because this guy, Ralph Ragnick, has one of the best repute. I know, look, it didn't work out at United as manager, but he's got one of the best reputations as far as director of football goes. I mean, he built the Red Bull system and he was the director of football at Schalke like 15 years ago when they were cranking out talent like Ozil and Neuer. So I don't know. Seems like a miss to me. Um, moving over to my team, Tottenham Hotspur. This came out right after the end of the season. Once it confirmed Champions League, uh, a Champions League place. This feels weird. This never happens. And I almost don't believe it. And I'm going to take this with the fat pinch of salt. But apparently, Daniel Levy and the ownership group are promising 150 million pounds, 150 to spend on the squad. You know, whether that's all in purchases a season 
might I remind you, 40 million of that will have to go towards Romero. So maybe it's not as much as people think. Will they spend all of it? I don't know. But Spurs have never had a quote unquote transfer war chest in my entire life. So I don't know what to make of that. I'll believe though. it when I see it, Kyle. That's, That's what how I, I feel. have to say. Um, obviously, if that is true, I would love to be in charge of who they bring in because I think that would be they could spend that money to make Tottenham a really good team. Will they do that at, you know, means to be seen. They're off to a decent start, I would say, but a lot to do. You're spoken like a true Tottenham fan, Justin, because well, I don't uh, think any of us, I, I don't think me or any other Spurs fan is like, Oh yeah, we're definitely going to spend the money. <laughs> Please. Come on. You'll buy some crazy. Actually, I'm not, I'm not big on Tottenham's jerseys next year, but I was going to make a joke that you'll like buy $30 million jerseys or something. But <laughs> clearly you did not do that. Gold plated jerseys. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Not should my favorite. In, should we uh, get into some confirmed transfers in, in and outs? Yeah, let's go. I'll, I'll take the ins, you take the outs. So um, just list them here and we can we can just jump in. This isn't super formal. This pot, this is the summer season, you know, we don't, I love, I love the lack of planning. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's easier <laughs> for us. So Erling Holland, I mean, there's nowhere I'm going to start. I'm not going to start with Erling Holland. One of the most prolific young strikers in the game. You could, I mean, people already have him in their top, like 10 strikers in the world, uh, even at his age, which, you know, up for debate, but top five, probably even top five. So coming over for Dortmund, what was it like 60 million uh, pounds or 60 million euros or whatever it was. It was less than previously thought of and city are getting a bargain and a true number nine to come lead the line. And so I'm really excited as a premier league fan to see Erling Holland as a Dortmund fan, very sad, but it was very predictable. What can you do? Darwin Nunez, speaking of strikers, the young Uruguayan coming over from Benfica for a lot of money don't remember the actual transfer fee i don't know if you have it was it 75 million pounds i think it was like 65 million pounds up front and then it could go to 80 or okay. something yeah a lot, of, a money. lot of money it's a lot of money for a young you could almost argue inexperienced striker i mean he had a good year for benfica for sure but he hasn't put up the track record he's not an equal sign to Erling Holland. Erling Holland has many more years of producing than Darwin Nunez. I think Darwin Nunez could be great, but we just have to see a little bit more. And does he slot in right away to Liverpool starting 11? I don't know. Or do they play like a Sala Diaz Jota type of lineup or yeah. they still have Firmino there, which is weird because he kind of fell out way out of favor last season. Yeah. That's an interesting one. That's going to be, that's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, this one's, you're going to like this one, Basuma from Brighton to Tottenham. This is not a player. I thought Tottenham would target. If you asked me two months ago, I would have said you United or an arsenal. I'm totally with you. How how are you feeling about this one? Dude, I always assumed, uh, Basuma was going to go for like 50, 60 million pounds to one of the biggest teams in the premier league or to the, one of the biggest teams in the world. I mean, for half that. I mean, I, I think you and I for like a season or two, like, I, I mean, we haven't talked about this, but I'm assuming we both thought outside of the big six or seven clubs for me, Basuma, Declan Rice and like Rafinha are probably the best players outside That's of Tielemans in there, but yeah, Tielemans is a great player as well. Um, so look, I think for 25 million pounds, 
that is a that's a fucking steal, man. Yeah, and that's a great. If I personally, I, I don't know, I was hoping for a more ball progressing attack, like attack ish center mid, but I can't play complain about Basuma. I, I think, I mean, we had to see him in a Spurs shirt, but on paper, I think he's the best center mid at the club. I would probably rate him ahead of. They're all different, but have similarities. I'm loving the Basuma signing, though, man. I think that's a total steal. Over United and, over and Dombele. Ah, God, I'm so sad about that. But look, who I think could have really used Basuma though is United. I can't believe they didn't go for him personally. Yeah, I mean that's why we thought he was he would have been a target. I mean United. I, we'll get to United. We'll get yeah. To United. Yeah. Oh, United. Uh, Perisic, speaking of Tottenham, coming over uh, and playing for Antonio Conte again. And mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking about the production that you got out of that left or left wing back this season. You had Reguillon out there for a little bit. I, I think a little underwhelming this season. You can correct yep. me if I'm wrong. Ben yep. Davies is getting older and almost played more left center back than left back this season. It's yep. more of an emergency. And then you had Sessegnon out there. And so if you think of someone who can really push that and provide crosses and attacking, but has played that left wing back in Conte's system at Inter, I think, I think it could work. Yeah. I mean, in short, I, I think it's a great signing. Yeah. He's 33 years old, but I read stories about him. Like he has Ronaldo esque like fitness regiments and health Stuff. He really keeps up and some players just have more longevity. seems like he's got that. But I think for moving forward, it's going to be him and Sessegnon is the sense that I get. And Sessegnon is just young and he's like glass boy. He's injury prone. <laughs> but Sessegnon is like seriously bulked up. And I think that probably is where his muscle injuries come from. So having an experienced head over him who has more than anything attacking quality that's going to be a game changer in Antonio Conte's system. Plus he could play in the front three too. I'd be perfectly comfortable with that. So two great signings, honestly, for me. All right. So Arsenal just made a signing from Porto and I think his last name is Vieira. I don't know much about him, to be honest with you. I haven't seen him play. I mean, I've seen the, all the rumors and that he's exciting and all these things, but to be honest with you, I can't give a scouting report because I haven't seen him play. Yeah, me neither. I think he uh, had like 20 performances for Porto last season. He's an attacking center mid, um, but I'm like you. I've never seen him play. And I've watched, I think we both watched Porto a couple times a season. Mm -hmm. And he plays that cam position. He's small, tricky, cheeky. I honestly don't really get the signing. Um, But look, a cam from Portugal can be a huge success we just don't know but i don't think that's a position that they should have been a priority they've got odegaard but and smith Rowe can play there too so kind of a strange 40 million euros too yeah that's more than basuma (laughs) yeah if uh, i was arsenal i might have if i had a choice to spend my money at 40 million euros i might have prioritized something else but neither here hey he, he could pan out who knows Julian Alvarez, a young striker from River, from Argentina, young Argentinian is coming over in the summer. I think they technically bought him in January, right? But this is more of a permanent move uh, in July to come to City. I think this is an interesting one because there's lots of rumors about City's striker situation and what they're going to do. Could they loan him? But from our sources, Kyle, 
they're saying that Erling Holland is going to, you know, if they have to play with a striker, he'd be the one and Julian Alvarez would back him up at city this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that makes sense. I mean, I, this, I don't think this is a transfer we'd normally include here, but I had to throw it in there because not only is he super highly rated in the Argentine league, he absolutely tore it up for river plate in this last season. I think he had, especially in the last couple games had like a ridiculous goal scoring record as a 21 year old. So supposed to be a really exciting player um kind of similar to Sergio Aguero but again I can't say I've watched him a ton of times I have seen him more than Vieira though um so but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how that translates to Premier League Coutinho as we said in previous episodes of the pod is a permanent on Aston Villa I think that is a great get for them continue their upward push in a Probably a disappointing season if you ask any villain fan because they have quality on that squad. So we'll see what they do there. And speaking of Villa, they signed a Sevilla, formerly Sevilla defender Diego Carlos, who's going to come and you know really anchor their back line. I think that's a really good signing. That is a good signing. Yeah, I think he came in for like 30 million pounds. Right. Uh, Champions League and Europa League proven. He's looked good every time in European competition that I've watched him and and good against the big teams in La Liga. So great signing. And then for the statement signing, I mean, Coutinho on a permanent, I mean, that's with reunited with Gerard. It's a great story. And uh, I thought Coutinho actually did pretty well for Villa second half of the season. So um, I think those are, I think this is kind of like Villa moving towards getting back to being a big club, like these kind of signal that progression. And then lastly, we have to end with the USMNT player. I mean, World Let's Cup go. coming up in November, but Brendan Aronson, bright Salzburg player coming over to Leeds. I'm really excited to see him in the Premier League with his pace and what he can add in the attack for Leeds and the type the type of football they want to play. I think I, I'm super excited to see him play. Couldn't agree more. I mean, it's not just my USMNT goggles on. Uh, he could be a little lightweight for the Premier League, but that mm. being said, in that system, what 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 stands out to me for Aronson is for how technical and tricky he is, and he can pick a pass. The dude is a hard worker. Yeah, he always seems to run more than like anyone on any pitch that he's ever on, except for like him and maybe Tyler Adams. So I think he'd be a great fit for not only Leeds but for Jesse March. So I'm excited. I could see him starting for Leeds. I'm not going to lie. Would you say he's a more technical Daniel James? Oh, he's, I think he's far more technical than Daniel James. Yeah. But I've, you and I have never rated him, honestly. He's a former Swansea legend. I can't talk too crap, too much (laughs) crap about Daniel James. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. You want to handle the outs? Yeah, let's go. Uh, Outgoings. I mean, not going to lie. There are a few big ones, a few that we expected, a few that have honestly come out of kind of nowhere i think i don't think we've talked about this one but it was mentioned i think two days before the champions league final mm-hmm. it's really surprised me and i didn't think it would happen but sadio mane is leaving liverpool football club just let that That's, that is crazy it's crazy i mean you think of the success and like you know what they have there you're kind of breaking up the band at its peak a little bit i know i know i i guess I guess on paper, you know, him and Salah, I think are both 30 years old or maybe Salah's a year younger. You know, Mane was asking for big money. Liverpool, even though they spend a lot of money on transfer um, prices, their wage bill is not the same as Chelsea, United, City. 
Um, so they wanted to stay within the wage structure, but Sadio Mani, this is confirmed as of, I think today, yesterday uh, or today, yeah, or maybe yesterday yeah, yeah. is going to Bayern Munich, which is, I don't know. On one hand, I kind of understand it because he came from, uh, RB Salzburg, I think before he went to Southampton. So he knows mm-hmm. German, he knows I saw a play, um, it's one big payday for a major club who could win the Champions League. I guess I get that. But to me, this is a step down. And I don't know, maybe I'm just throwing the German League under the bus. But this one really surprises me. You know, it's just a player wanting a change of scenery. I think at the end of the day, I've been at Liverpool for six years yeah. and just wanted something else. I mean, he won every trophy with Liverpool. Yeah, it's true. That he could it's win. True. So, And you got to respect that. I mean players are humans and they want to experience new things and get a change of scenery every once in a while, you know? Yeah. I think that's just what it comes down to. And for whatever reason, he just wanted Munich from the beginning. So, right. I mean, Munich's a great city. One of the, probably the, one of the five biggest clubs in the world, even historically. So anyway, it'll be sad to see him go. Um, We talked, (laughs) we talked a little bit about him earlier. Romelu Lukaku, Mm. Justin, I think, again, I think this was also confirmed either today or yesterday. That disaster signing, 100 million pounds, plays well for two months, gives an interview, goes downhill, says he wants to go back to Inter. Well, Romelu Lukaku is going back to Inter on loan, I think for an 8 million pound or 8 million euro fee. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this one, but it's 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 strange for me, and it's surprising that Inter can even afford his wages. Um, what a disaster for Chelsea, though. Absolute know. abject disaster. It's so bad that Lukaku, to get out of Chelsea, has agreed to take a 30% pay cut to go to Inter. Like, I, yeah. how badly? I mean, you could you could stay at Chelsea and you know, the awkwardness and still be making that money that you're promised and you've signed contractually, but you're voluntarily hating the situation so much that you take a 30% pay cut in this economy, Kyle. (laughs) In these trying times. (laughs) Lukaku's doing fine. That was a joke, but I mean, Um, what was the situation like with Tuchel behind the scenes where he wants, I mean, Wow. Anyway. It's weird, right? It's it's really weird. And especially, again, like I said earlier, going back to the club he supports, Chelsea, and playing where his idol is playing as bizarre. In the interest of time, I'm going to couple these two together. Chelsea center backs, a lot of outgoings. Antonio Rudiger confirmed mm. going to Real Madrid about three or four days ago. Great signing for Real Madrid on a free transfer. This is one of those. Uh, and so is... Um, Andreas Christensen, is that his first name? Christensen? Yes, you're right. Um, also uh, left and was at a, without a club. He's a free agent right now. All rumors point towards Barca, but he's confirmed he's no longer at Chelsea. Um, these two these two departures definitely come down to Abramovich and the, that whole thing. Um, although I do think Rudiger probably did want to go to Madrid. Big, big departures for Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, they have a huge void to fill on their defense because – those guys, especially Rudiger, um, yeah, between the two were so pivotal. I and mean, Christensen was a heavily rotated guy in that defense. So yeah. They need bodies, Chelsea. 
I mean, those are two of their, uh, I mean, Tiago Silva can still pick a pass, but those are their other two ball playing center backs. So in Tuchel's pass, pass, pass system, I mean, they're definitely I mean, going to Tiago Silva is only getting uh, older too. Yeah. Rudiger is getting into some of his prime playing. And so, yeah, it's, so it's an I mean, issue. Real Madrid to get in for a free is a great little bit of business after they spent a hundred million on a player you and I have never really seen play live. So right, right. And might I add, on top of getting out Oliva on a free uh last season. Yeah. So they're dipping in the free agent market. Uh this one I think is sad for all the neutrals. Fernandinho, 37 years old. It goes, he runs down his contract. Um, he is no longer a Manchester City player. Uh, honestly, I, I think he'll go down as a Premier League legend. Um, I, I think he's just like a grade A professional, uh, really overperformed for what was expected of him when he was brought in. And he just has seen all of the good times for Manchester City. But it's it's sad to see him go. And I think he's still a free agent. I could be wrong about that, though, but no longer in the Premier League. Legend departs as a winner. And that's all you can do. Yep. Yep. I'm going to couple the uh, Manchester United big free agent departures all in one. There's a lot to dig through here. Um, big obvious one, Paul Pogba. I mean, <laughs> uh, we were talking about most disastrous signings ever in the Premier League. And I think the business of losing Pogba on a free to Juventus, paying a world record fee for him from Juventus, and then losing him on a free again is in his prime. He's like 28, 29 years old. That, that is a fucking joke, dude. I, it's like unfathomable. And I just, it still blows my mind. I don't know why he wasn't sold last season. So Paul Pogba, no longer Manchester United player. sounds like he'll go back to Juventus. What a weird career trajectory. How about getting a player, the same player for a free twice from the same club? Like that's probably never happened before especially paying a world record fee and then losing that world record fee for nothing is just insane. Edinson Cavani is like 35 at this point. No surprise. His, his contract is up. Uh, Juan Mata. I didn't even realize he's still a United player. Any thoughts on those three? Not really. I mean, the Pogba one is the standout there. Just the, yeah, just the insane optics of leaving, leaving United on a free and they bungle that whole situation. It goes to Juve, becomes a really good player. United buy him. Runs out his contract to United. 90 million. Goes back to Juventus. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. How Apparently Pogba re- has some documentary on Amazon Prime that I haven't seen. But the, yeah, the, and, the Pogumentary or something. And, and I will definitely not be watching it. I mean, he, look, I, I, I love watching Pogba for France, but he's just a player like Neymar that just frustrates me because – they should be the heir apparent to the Ballon d'Or, and they're just such a waste of talent, in my opinion. It's really sad. Other free transfers, just quickly mention, uh, Alexander Lacazette, a free agent, went to Lyon, confirmed about a week ago. Uh, Divock Origi ran out his contract at Liverpool, probably leaves kind of like a cult hero status. Mm. Free agent still, but it sounds like all, all signs are pointing towards AC Milan, which I think is a move that works great for both, both parties. Yeah, Milan has a couple of aging strikers, aging like fine wine maybe, but very old strikers in Giroud and Zlatan that probably don't have much time left. Yep, and Rafael Leao, man. He's yeah, good, well, he's not the good old young one, player. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Smart business. 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into some of the rumor mill. And, you know, there are a lot of rumors. We probably won't discuss every one of these in depth or else we'd be here till tomorrow. But I think some spicy ones and maybe just covering the big teams here and what we're hearing. So I think we'll just go alphabetically and start with Arsenal, your favorite starting point. And, you know, we just mentioned that Lacazette went to Lyon, you know, obviously Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang left midseason to go to Barca, a lot of disciplinary reasons. So you would think they need some attacking talent, maybe another striker, unless Eddie Anketia is the next coming of Robin Van Persery. So what we're hearing, Kyle, is Gabby Jesus from Manchester City is looking for a more permanent starting uh, situation, and he is heavily linked with Arsenal. Do you think that would be a good signing for them? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so, especially the way they play, although I'm not sold on Gabby Jesus as a striker. That's mm. the one. But I know if if you look for these players that can play striker or out wide, he's definitely one of the best you can go for. But uh, I think I, I still think it'd be a good signing. Other players that Arsenal is rumored with is Rafinha, who seems to be rumored with like five different teams right now. So I think there's a big bidding war for Rafinha from Leeds United and then uh, Tielemans to Arsenal. But who knows if this is quieted after the Vieira signing from Porto. So we'll see what happens with the Tielemans situation. Yeah, those are those are some interesting moves. It seems like Arsenal locked down the defense last season, which I get. And you can probably see that with their performances. Um, I think these are pretty well-targeted moves. I actually think Tielemans would fit Arsenal pretty well because if, if you have Thomas Partey as that anchor, mm-hmm. Tielemans is a more progressive, and then a Cam, I mean, that fits the Arsenal mold and what they want to play, right? So I think it's a good move. I still don't know where Vieira plays, but that's a, that's a different conversation for another day. Right. Chelsea, this is uh, probably the most unclear due to our sources given yeah. the whole ownership situation but Raheem Sterling to Chelsea yeah it's an interesting one it's a but you know he's spent a lot of years at City you know lately been more of a I wouldn't rotation is a harsh but not an out and out starter for sure and you know if he's looking for more first team football I would say he would be first choice among the plentiful options that Chelsea have and so my question for you is do Chelsea really need a Raheem Sterling? I don't think they need a Sterling. They should focus their efforts on center backs. And I haven't heard any rumors about any center backs recently. Um, But I think they could really use Sterling. And I say that because I think uh, I keep hearing rumors that they're trying to shift Ziak out. And um, it sounds like I didn't even mention this in our possible outgoings. I get a feeling like Timo Werner's time is coming down to Ooh. the wire. It just has, it just hasn't worked. And, you know, if you're relying on say a Mount, who can you rely on Mount Pulisic um, and Havertz? I think Sterling gets a lot of minutes in that team. And it's probably the first on the team sheet next to Mount out of those four. So mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. I've also heard about, I know this hasn't been mentioned as much recently, because he, he keeps publicly talking about Barcelona, and the situation's bizarre to me. Robert Lewandowski mm. says he's going to leave and that something is just not right at Bayern. I don't understand what's going on there. He's talking about Barca. Barca are broke. I have a sneaky feeling about Lewandowski to Chelsea, which would be a great signing 
yes, he's over the hill a little bit, or well, he's actually not, he's just older. Um, but I haven't seen a rumor about Lewandowski for about a month, but that's an interesting one. And then also Usman Dembele, Barcelona, tricky two-footed winger, glass boy, constantly injured. I just keep hearing him about him and Chelsea, and he's not signing a Barca extension. So those are some interesting names going on there. How are we feeling? Yeah, I mean, Osmane could yet stay at Barca, but then, like, what happens with Lewandowski? Barcelona only has so much money. I don't know why, you know, if they're so worried about money, they're thinking about selling Frankie de Young to United. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, so, I mean, it's just so hard to read with Barca, but yeah, I think Lewandowski would be great for Chelsea. Yeah. Could you imagine the Premier League teams get Holland, get Darwin Nunez? And get Lewandowski. Those are our new strikers in the Premier League. I mean, Jesus, oh, man. sign me up. But yeah, I mean, Chelsea are also, I mean, we you mentioned Sterling being among the options for Mason Mount and Christian Pulisic, but Chelsea still have options such as Hakeem Ziyech is still an option. Is he going to leave? That's a rumored outgoing. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi is not on our list, but he's also a winger and, you know, played under like a right wing back under Tuchel. And, but like... Yeah, I, that's it. It's it's so weird. Well, they have so many options, but more more hot rumors, I should say. Azpilicueta has not signed a new deal. He's also rumored with Barcelona. So only I feel like so only so many uh, so many pegs can fit on that board. Marcus Alonso is also rumored with Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> so like you know somebody's got to resign, right? And then you mentioned Timo Werner. The only club I've seen him rumored with, funnily, funny enough, is Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I, I mean, can actually take, see that working. I'll take him on Dortmund. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he he's done the Bundesliga before, so yeah, yep. Yeah. That's it for Chelsea. Chelsea are the big, big fat question mark going oh, yeah. into this next season. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, Leeds United, Justin. We talked a little bit of USMNT. We already talked about Brendan Aronson to Leeds United. We're talking about a different USMNT player right now because I think in the last week or the last couple of days, I've been reading that Leeds United are interested in American holding center mid slash right back slash right wing back. He can play a number of positions. Tyler Adams, who I think is, I think at this World Cup, American fans will see why he is the unsung hero for USMNT. But Tyler Adams to Leeds United playing with American manager, Jesse Marsh. What, what are your thoughts? You're, you're a Bundesliga guy. Do you think that would translate? Oh yeah. I mean, my God, he is a enforcer. I think he'd be be great in the Premier league. He would be the best mm, biased. A lot of people would say Calvin Phillips is better, but I think he would slot in and be the most, the most reliable midfielder they have in that position. How about that? They're, they're different players. They are. Who I think Tyler Adams reminds me of is, I'm not saying he's to this level, but he's an N'Golo Conte kind of player. Like, he runs for days. Oh, yeah. And tactically, he is, for an American player to be that good tactically is, like, something else. So, I think he'd be great in the Premier League, man, to just mop shit up. Yeah, for Leeds. I mean, they could have used that last season. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no mopping was being done. Yeah. I hope this happens because then just seeing two USMNT players playing on the same team, going into the world cup in the fall, getting minutes together. Yeah. Sign me up. I mean, it just makes me kind of look, I love Basuma, but man, it kind of makes me wish McKinney did go to Tottenham. Damn. Yeah. That would be cool too. Liverpool kind of all quiet on the home front. They've, we've mentioned a lot of their existing transfers, but we haven't heard much about, you know, Firmino or no. Jota or any of the other players or even no. Oxlade Chamberlain who gets no minute. I mean, I haven't heard anything. So me neither. We'll see what happens. But and, and it's weird because they Liverpool tends to do all their business early. They've done that for the past like four or five seasons. So do Liverpool look at their current team and think unless anyone else goes out, we don't need anyone in. That might be the case because they they're deep. So oh, one, one thing I have seen, I think it's almost done is Minamino uh, leaving oh, to right. Monaco, but I think that's almost a done, but that's less. I mean, he hardly got any game time for Liverpool. No. That'll be a good move for him. Uh, Manchester city. So again, relatively quiet for city given the, they've got a couple of their transfers. We've already mentioned Gabby, Gabby Jesus uh, for Arsenal. They are rumored with Cucurella, the, promising left back out of Brighton. That could be interesting because Cancelo played a lot of left back last season, but he's probably a better right back. Yeah. But then Kyle you have Walker's... Kyle Walker there, but I would say Cancelo is better than Walker. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, Walker is like 32, 33 at this point. It might yeah. be time to take a backup S- reserve role. Yeah, I guess so. And look, Cucurella, he's a La Messiah Barcelona product I think he'd be great in a pep system and you put him with better players. I mean, I, I think it's a huge step up and we've never seen him perform on that level, but um, I think that's something that could really work. And I'm, I'm shocked that city have gone this long without signing a left left back. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean the whole, at the beginning of the season, that's when the whole Mendy thing sparked right. up. Right. So you would think they would address it unless they really like Zinchenko and Cancelo there, but I would think they'd want to move Cancelo more permanently to the right. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Even then I've heard rumors about Zinchenko um, Everton are interested in, in uh, of course they are. So. That, of course they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No uh, a couple outgoings more, namely Bernardo Silva rumored to leave Man City. I think we heard this one beating really hard last season and then he ended up staying, which was kind of a surprise. Uh, yeah. Because there are heavy rumors he'd go to Atletico last year. Now, now it's Barcelona. Funnily <laughs> enough, but uh, Xavi's dream signing apparently. I was reading. Not the all these players can go to Barcelona, so no. we'll see. No. I, d- I don't think he'd go to Real. I, I mean, think he's staying. Personally. Where else is he going to play at such a high level and consistently? I mean, he's one of the central figures in in City's team right now. So, yeah. I don't, I don't see him going. Anywhere. I don't see it. Uh, another midfielder rumored to leave is Ilkay Gundogan. Uh, you know, especially you know in the heroics of last season's finale, is this the last game that he's going to play for City and all that? I haven't seen too many destinations. The one I've seen is going back to Dortmund. Yeah, uh, which I would love. Don't that know Bayern, where else he would Bayern go. Bayern have signed a bunch of center mids recently. Yeah, so I, don't I don't think you go happening. to Bayern. I mean, thinking just, of Italy, I don't think there's any club there. I mean, Juventus have center mids. I don't. Yeah, it's a weird one. But what I have heard is if Gundogan does, the thing is Gundogan has a year left on his contracts. So maybe City try to make some money. Mm-hmm. What I have read is if Gundogan, and I didn't mention this in our notes, but if Gundogan does leave, 
I find I think this is interesting. The player that I've heard City linked with a lot is weirdly enough Calvin Phillips out of Leeds. Hmm. I don't. I mean, I guess style-wise, I can see that with City, but I don't think he'd get a lot of playing time, and I, I don't think he's quite up to the City standard. But that English premium, man, I've heard like sixty million pounds for Calvin Phillips. It just sounds that seems ridiculous. I think that's an English tax right there. Yep. Yep. All right, let's go to the other side of Manchester. Uh, always fun. This transfer strategy has been confusing. I mean, I know Ten Hogs, you know, newly on the job, and they're trying to figure out their transfer situation, but they have nothing really done so far. And a lot of question marks, both incoming and outgoing as well, because there's all these rumors to bring new players in, but they got to get rid of a lot of players too if this is yeah. going to happen. So incomings Frankie de Jong out of Barcelona. Barcelona has to get rid of somebody if they're going to afford all these transfers and de Jong can fetch a decent price, you know, linking up with his former manager and playing style would be very interesting, but of course he's called Barcelona the biggest club in the world and he's just waiting it out. These are de Jong's words. So this is a fascinating situation to watch. He clearly loves Barcelona too. And that whole Dutch Barcelona connection, those roots run super deep. So yeah, it's an interesting one. It's just Ten Hag trying to stamp his authority on the team. What I think is really interesting is I've read from the athletic, probably the most reliable source of like footy sports news that I can think of one of uh, I've read that Ten Hag wants two players more than anything, De Jong and this next name, Christian Erickson. That one is a little more puzzling to me. I don't, I don't understand that because look, Erickson's a great player. Ajax youth player went to Tottenham has done the Premier league has this new zest for life and the game, it seems, but you already have Bruno Fernandez and you already have Donny van de Beek. Another might I remind you another Ajax guy. So what this, this is like the whole van de Beek discussion again. And then you add a third cam. I really don't. Uh, to me, that makes zero sense, but that's that's united for you. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ten Hag doesn't rate uh, doesn't rate Bruno. I don't know. That would be funny. It's weird, very weird. And to keep it up with the Ajax sort of theme, I mean, it seems like Ten Hag wants his entire old team because he's also going after the winger Anthony. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, reminds me of Rafinha style wise. Just a baller, fun to watch, super cheeky, cuts in on his left foot, plays yeah. out right. And then Urian Timber, like a 20-year-old center back who honestly looks like the most promising center back out of Ajax since uh, DeLict. DeLict, yep. So um, those are all some really exciting players, but it's basically like ex-Ajax to United. So I don't know. How are you feeling about the that transfer policy? I just don't know how many players Ajax can get rid of. They're rumored to get rid of their striker. They're, uh, who else? They've lost a couple players already. Yeah, yeah, Holler is about to go to Dortmund. Uh, Graven, Gravenbach, or went to I can't Masrawi went yeah. to Bayern. Bayern. Um, I mean, both of their center backs are linked away. Their keeper, they're losing on a free. That's right. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of players to replace. They're, they're almost their entire back line. I mean, Tagliafico is always linked with the move. Lissandro Martinez, left center back, linked with the move. We mentioned Timber here. Maserawi left. That's our entire defense. I mean, the only person staying is what? Tadic? <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, and Blind? 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, Ajax certainly have lost players now where they're not going to give you a discount. We've seen it happen before. Yeah, we have. We have. With uh, all their poss- team, all their players leaving, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly out Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, this is just a big question mark. Is he going to go back to Juventus? What's his next step? Is he going to stay just given the uncertainty and how he's going to fit in Ten Hag's system? Dean Henderson seems almost poised to join Nottingham Forest of all teams, which I think is almost too low for him, but he got no playing time last season. That's kind of an odd one, kind of an odd one. And then I've also heard, again, this is quieted down in recent, recent weeks, but at the beginning of the transfer window at the end of last season, heard a lot of rumors about Marcus Rashford potentially leaving as well. I think that'd be super expensive and I don't think any team would, Except that if if Raheem Sterling is available for forty to fifty million, no one is going to pay seventy to eighty for Rashford. That's just crazy. That seems stupid. Yeah, yeah. What's so, going to happen with Anthony Martial? Is he going to stay at United now? I, there's I so many it. question marks. It's just endless with that team. I doubt it. And they Aaron still Wan need Basaka. Is he going to get sold from? Right. Uh, who's going to pay? Yeah, I don't know. Which center backs do they have? Yes, it's it's a weird Flathead, one. Are they going to start next season? That's a big fat question mark, but uh, more question marks. Uh, Newcastle, they've got all this money. They've been weirdly quiet so far. Very. And it almost feels like the quiet before the storm. I'm not going to lie, because I expect like a shit ton of signings. No, like Mbappe style signings or anything like that. But the one thing that does sound like it's close, Nick Pope, Burnley goalkeeper. I think that's a good move. Yeah. I mean, Dubrovka was fine, um, but he's no Nick Pope and he kept Burnley in quite a few games. Nick Pope did. I mean, like six over, saves for Burnley constantly. So yeah. Over, great. over many a season. Yeah. So even though it's a little bit of English tax, I think this is a great signing given it, getting him from a relegation club too. Yeah. Uh, yeah Ridley quiet. Is it, is Newcastle going to keep targeting like the solid player, the cheaper player, like they did in the last transfer window, probably they, you hear a bunch of rumors about them targeting fr- players out of the French league. Yeah. So we'll see what develops there. Um, or do this something crazy happen? Cause from PSG's president's comments and Neymar gets sold and Newcastle goes after splashy Neymar, who knows that's, a lot of time left in this transfer. That's window. true. Neymar, where would he go? Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea's in the picture. Yeah. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. Or United. No, Barcelona, um, Kyle. moving on to my spurs i mean i will really try to keep this to a minimum they've made three signings so far and more than anything more than specific players justin i mean i'm probably in the whole spurs news world more than you are but i just hear about a left center back who's left-footed a striker or someone who can play striker and wide attacker and a right wing back those are the three big ones and on top of that, there are all these rumors about Christian Eriksen possibly going back to Tottenham. Do I really expect Spurs to make seven signings? Unlikely. But some of the names I'm seeing mentioned, I don't think this one will happen, but Bastoni, left center back for Italy, and uh, Inter, I think that'd be the perfect signing. Don't see that happening. I don't know who they're going to sign left center back. As that striker slash wide attacker position, I've read a lot about Gabby Jesus, read a lot about Richarlison, and I know a lot of people hate him. I think I told you this a couple of weeks ago. I think Richarlison would be the perfect signing. Just saying. Why do but a lot of people hate Richarlison? 
he's just got a hateable bird face, you know, and he's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he, I don't know. He's always, he's like a master of the dark arts. He's always flopping. He, yeah, that's fair. He's got that scowl on his face and he's always arguing and bitching. But like, I think, look, he's been in bad teams for five years in the Premier League. He's carried them every single year. He was in a terrible Everton team and got 10 plus goals. Played striker pretty much all season. And might I remind you, people are talking about Jesus as a striker. Who plays striker for Brazil? It's for Charleston. So I think for the Premier League, he's more of a striker than Jesus is. So uh, I would love that one. But again, it's funny they, they're they sharing all these targets with United and Arsenal because there's also been Rafinha mentioned. Amazing player. But again, Spurs have to have a second striker. I can't accept another season without one. And then the last one I'll mention, the pie-in-the-sky goal. Um, Lotaro Martinez, pipe dream. But I've seen it before in the papers. Don't think that'll ever happen. And um, right wing backs, I've heard of some young English guy named Jed Spence. I don't think many of us know him very well. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? For a right wing back or just overall? Just any of those. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would... I think Richarlison would be great on Spurs. I think a center back would be really smart just to shore up that defense a little bit. Eric Dyer has had a lot of good moments, but he also has some shaky moments back there as well. Ben Davies, Davies I'm not super sold on. I think if you have a Romero plus Bastoni and somebody else, I feel a lot better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get a talker with Dyer. I feel good about Dyer, but yeah, I agree with you. And then two dominant... Romero's a dominant one, and then Bastoni's the cultured, technical one. The mm-hmm. other name I've seen mentioned that I think is probably more likely is Pau Torres, Spain, and Villarreal. Mm. It's not bad either. Some question marks about him in the Premier League, but I've been super impressed every time I've seen him. And then I even saw Clement Longley from Barca. Not as crazy about that. But. I think he's always been overrated, even when he was getting games at Barca when he usurped Umtiti for the yeah. starting line. I never thought Longley was the long-term answer there. Yeah, I, I know a good friend of the pod, Jose, is not a fan at all. He's also a Madrid fan. Well, but I, I but that being said, though, like Longley has not been good the past two seasons, but that directly coincides with Barca just being terrible and having being a mess. So it might be a worth a punt, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, do we trust Longley under PK's mentorship? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to, no, I'll, I'll hold that thought. <laughs> hold it. All right. Uh, outgoings for Spurs though. Uh, Steven many. Bergvine almost, almost out the door, right? Going back to uh, Ajax. Yeah. I, well, going back to the Dutch league, I think he was from PSV before, right? He wasn't Ajax. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, I going think, back to the Dutch league. I think that'd be a mistake, but I think it's gone past the point of no return. He said publicly like 10 times now he wants to leave. I don't blame him. I would play him. Play. Over, I would play him over Lucas any day of the week, and he kills it for the Dutch. And I honestly can see him going on to be uh, a great player. Kills it for Ajax and moves to a major team. Seriously. It's one of those things, though, right? Like where Lucas is fine with the position he's at, where Bergvine wants to play, right? Yeah, so gotta... like you're getting rid of the better player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Domble, we've mentioned him a lot this season. Yeah, it hasn't so worked. It hasn't worked. It's so frustrating because he's shown flashes of brilliance very seldomly and record signing 
on the same amount of money as Harry Kane, which for an owner who says that he does everything for good business, that is a crazy piece of business. So in Dombele, he's an issue because he did not cut the mustard at Leon on loan. I don't know what we're going to do with him. Gio Lascelso, another big signing that just did not pan out. Luckily, he killed it at Villarreal, so there's a lot of interest. I've read a lot about uh, Atletico Madrid recently. Hmm. I can actually definitely see that happening. Um, and for like 20-something million, if Rodrigo DePaul was 40 million, I think Lascelso is just as good as DePaul, personally. I just don't think Lascelso fits Premier League, but it's clear there's always been a player in there. And then our beloved Harry Winks. Uh, we have to end with Harry Winks. Uh, there would only be one club to be r- rumored with Harry Winks. That would make sense, right? I've heard many, but Everton oh. does make the most sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Taking all of Spurs as Deadwood. No, I recently heard a lot about uh, Crystal Palace, um, which is interesting. And I've read about Southampton, which would also make sense. Remember when he was rumored with Man City? For 40 million. Remember those days? Can you say English tax? Man, you should have like just shipped him to City for free. Well, oh, Amazon day. Prime straight to City. Oh yeah, we'll cover the difference. Yeah, Winks was once quoted for forty million pounds, and Delhi was once quoted for a hundred million pounds to Real Madrid. Wow, what has happened? Well, that's it. We could spend a long time talking about transfer rumors and what the team makeup could be in the future and all that, but it's just too early to tell, I think, as we get into the season. And I think, is it, I mean, the season always starts in August, but it starts like the first weekend of August this season because we have World Cup. So so it's going to start, it's going to get, we're going to get to that uh, community shield before we know it. Yep. And uh, I think there's a lot more business to come. I mean, all the footballers are all on vacation right now after that ridiculous international break. I mean, why the hell were there three games that were pointless after, I don't know, whatever. That's crazy to me, but more business to come. Uh, yeah, first first game of the season, I think, is like August 8th or something. And then the season runs this time until first week of June, I think. It's going to be yeah. a weird one. With the, it's going to be weird. Yeah. But this podcast will cover the World Cup, though, in some form or fashion, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I also think, I mean, maybe I shouldn't reveal this. We actually haven't talked about this offline, but I feel like we might have some some transfer episode updates here and there, maybe oh, yeah. once a month or something. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more. Yeah, we probably won't, looking at our calendars, we probably won't be back until after July 4th. Yeah. But there will be a yeah. lot of transfer activity by then. Yeah. So. All right. Well, subscribe and follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Stay tuned for our next episode. Very likely not until after the July 4th holiday. So enjoy the holiday. If you're in Canada, enjoy Canada Day. And if you're not, we'll see you after July 4th. Stay safe. Don't blow your hand off with fireworks. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. 